If somebody has two containers, one contains tohar, pure liquid, and the other one contains tome, impure liquid, and he pours from the tohar container into the tome one. The question is whether the liquid that's in the upper container, which is being poured out, does that become tome because there is a stream of that liquid flowing directly into a tome container of liquid, so it's all connected or not? The Mishnah teaches Kalanitzik Tahar, any case where there is a continuous stream, the upper container Tahar remains pure because we do not consider them to be connected like one. It's true that the liquid that actually arrives and touches the liquid in the bottom container, which is Tome, that certainly does become Tome. But the liquid that remains in the upper container is considered to be separate from that and it remains pure. Chutz mit zifin except for honey that comes from the place called Zif, and Zapachas is something made out of a mixture of flour and honey, and although it was runny, so it could be poured from one container to another, both of these were very thick liquids. And Beshamai Omer Beshamai add that even liquids that are not so thick, but they are relatively thick, even a porridge-like mixture of crushed beans or regular whole beans, this is also thick enough. And in these cases, the liquid that is in the upper container, this porridge, whatever it may be, would become tomei, because it flows backwards into the container. That is to say, when the when he stops pouring, because of the thickness of these liquids, the liquid sort of goes backwards into the container to the extent that it could even go from all the way from the container, which is tome, even liquid that's touching there could essentially go backwards into the upper container. And in that case, it would become tome because of the thickness of these liquids. Part of the tome liquid does actually end up going back into the tohar container. This Mishnah, as well as the next two Mishnahs, are less related to the general topic of the Masechta, which is whether the liquid has the ability to cause Hechsher. Over here we're talking about the liquids that are actually Tomei, and when that impurity is transferred onwards. Mishnah Yud, this is a continuation of the topic of the previous Mishnah, however, a concept that we have come across a few times in the Masechta with regards to Hechsher, also comes into play over here. So once again, there are two containers. One contains tome liquid and somebody pours a hot tohar liquid into the tome liquid that is also hot. Or he pours cold, pure water into tome cold water. Or he pours hot liquid that is tohar into cold tome liquid. In all of these cases, like we learned in the previous Mishnah, Tahar, the upper container from which the liquid is being poured out of, that liquid remains pure, though that which remains in the container, because it's not considered to be connected to the Tomei liquid in the other container, as explained in the previous Mishnah. On the other hand, Mitzayin Lacham, if the Tahar container of liquid is cold, and he pours that into the other container of Tomei liquid that is hot, then Tomei the liquid in the upper container does become tome, since the steam that comes from the hot tome liquid 
as we've seen a number of times in the Masechta, the steam has the same status as the liquid from which it came, which means that it is also tome, and it would make the, since it rises, it would make the tohar container tome as well. Now, in the case where the upper tohar container is also hot, then according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, it remains pure, even though the steam from the lower container rises, because since the upper tohar container gives off its own steam, that prevents the tome steam from reaching the tohar liquid, and therefore it would not make it tome. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, No, that's not true, even if one pours tome t- hot liquid into hot tohar liquid, the in a case where the literally the power of the bottom tome liquid is greater than the upper tohar liquid, meaning it is hotter. If the tome liquid is hotter, then we understand that the steam is going to be able to reach the liquid of the, which which is tohar, and therefore tome it will become tome. A woman whose hands are pure, and she's stirring a pot of tommy food, and the tommy food is steaming, and the steam rises. If her hands sweat, perspire, and that essentially is from the steam of the tommy pot, the tommy food, the steam is also tome, and therefore tomeis, her hands would become tome. What happens if her hands were tome, and she's stirring a pot of pure food? If her hands perspire, that means that the moisture, the steam which came from the tohar food, has come into contact with her tome hands. The moisture certainly becomes tome, and the Mishnah teaches that the steam is connected to the moisture, and that means that hakadeya tomeya, even the food that's in the pot, becomes tome. Since the moisture on her hands is not just any liquid, but it's actually from the steam itself, so it's considered to be as one with the rest of the steam, and therefore the food in the pot does become tome. Rabbi Yosef says, Imnitfu, the food in the pot only becomes tome if some of the moisture from her hands actually dropped back into the pot. But otherwise, according to Rabbi Yossi, it does not connect with the pot in the same way as when one pours one liquid from one container to another. It's not considered to be connected. So to over here, the steam does not connect the moisture on her hands to the rest of the pot. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yossi, only if part of it drops down would a connection be created, and only then would the food in the pot become tome? Continues the Mishnah. Somebody who weighs grapes on scales, and he puts them onto one of the pans, one of the plates on the weighing scales. The wine, literally, or the juice that comes out of the grapes onto that plate. Tahar, that is pure, because meaning it has not got the ability to cause hechsher. Now the Mishnah has returned to the subject of Hersher, and the reason for this is because the owner has no interest in the liquid there. Until he, or unless, he pours that liquid into another container. By doing so, he demonstrates that he is pleased, and he is interested in that liquid, so that would cause Hersher. As well as that, he's also doing an action with the liquid, so the liquid would gain the ability to cause Hersher. The Mishnah explains now why is it that until he pours it, the wine, the juice, does not cause hersher because it's similar to baskets of olives or grapes 
the baskets that might be woven and there are lots of holes in them so the juice that comes out usually would escape and the owner has no interest at all in that liquid I mean, even if it doesn't escape at the moment he has no interest in the liquid so it would not cause hersher if later on he pulls that liquid into something else then it would cause hersher at that point from that point onwards one who brings up his produce to the roof because of the worms. He doesn't want the worms to get to them, and therefore he places them high up on the roof. And dew comes down and appears on top of them. Dew is one of the seven liquids that have the ability to cause hersher. However, the Mishnah says, in this case, the produce does not have, does not become mukhshar. It does not gain the ability to become Tomei, since the owner hasn't got any interest in the Jew being there. If he deliberately intended for the Jew to come there, and that's part of the reason why he brought the produce onto the roof in the first place, so that the Jew would be there, then then he is pleased about it, so the produce would gain the ability to become Tomei. So this means that in terms of the action itself that is being done, that is not enough of a reason to cause hersher, but with a combination of the person's intent, the liquid does gain the ability to cause hersher. And because of this, if a deaf and dumb person or a total fool or a child, these are three people who do not have a sufficient level of understanding, their intention is not considered to be significant, if they are the ones who brought the produce up onto the roof. Even if they did have the intention, and part of the reason why they were putting it onto the roof was in order for the Jew to come down on it, so they were interested in that, the produce would still not become Hurshar. Because these three types of people have actions, meaning the actions that they perform do have significance. But nevertheless, their intentions are not considered to be significant due to their limited level of understanding. And because of that, the status of this produce cannot be affected by the intention that they have.